Welcome aboard! We will be your guides during this magical journey into the movies. It's the perfect job for us because we love the movies. It's showtime! Ready when you are, CB! Action! Welcome to Monoreal Radio, episode number 55. I'm Sean. And I'm Jackie. Here to wrap up High School Musical. This is the third movie in the trilogy. You know, one of our very loyal listeners, if you guys haven't heard this story already, Thomas Meehan from the UK, he reached out to us. He requested that we do these movies. We were happy to oblige. You know, if you guys have any uh, special requests or suggestions, you can email us, monorealradio at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on our social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Monoreal Radio. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, Thomas is going to give us the benefit of the doubt here when reviewing the third movie. I hope we didn't scare him off after our review of the second movie. Well, let's let's do the third one, and then we can talk about the series as a whole, because I feel like High School Musical overall, there's a lot of ebb and flow with it. I would agree. Uh, so High School Musical 3 starts off with the Wildcats. They are down by 19 points, but rally back to win their second straight uh, state title in basketball. Troy and Chad push Chad's truck home to go celebrate with the rest of East High over at Troy's house. Troy is destined to go play at the U of A, which is the University of Albuquerque, while Gabby is going to Stanford, well over a 1,000 miles away. At school the next day, we meet Tiara, Sharpay's personal assistant. Uh, the entire homeroom class ends up at a meeting for the end-of-year musical after Kelsey signs everybody up. She does that because, in typical fashion... Sharpay is the only person that has signed up, and they don't want it to be another Sharpay show. We also learn that Sharpay, Ryan, Kelsey, and Troy, unbeknownst to him at least, are all being considered for a Juilliard scholarship. Miss Darbus then asks them all to discuss their futures and what are you going to do with your life. Sharpay lets us know that she wants it all, and that's not to anyone's surprise. Back at Gabby's house, Gabby tries to tell Troy that she was accepted into an early orientation program. It's like an honors early admission thing at Stanford. Like a trial period almost. Kind of, right. Um, but her mom interrupts, and she's not able to tell him. Though Tiara... The next day, overhears Gabby talk about the freshman honors program with Taylor at school, and she tells Sharpay, who finds the article online, with the list of all of the students that have been accepted into this program, and wouldn't you know, she prints it out and she hands it out. More specifically, she hands it out to Troy. Later at a scrapyard, Troy and Chad reminisce on their childhood while Troy weighs his college options. Uh, Gabby also confides in Taylor that she's debating whether or not she should stay in Albuquerque. Now, Troy and Chad are at this scrapyard because they're looking at a piece to repair Troy's broken-down truck. Sharpay spills the beans about the freshman honors program to Troy and makes him feel guilty about Gabby's second thoughts because she says there's only one reason she could be having second thoughts 
and it must be you because she knows there's no way that Troy's going to let Gabby go. Uh, or sorry, there's no way that he's going to let her stay in Albuquerque. He's going to push her to go because he doesn't want that being lorded over his head. After a pizza dinner, Troy tells Gabby that she must do the program. Didn't I just say that? But Gabby says she wants to do something a little bit crazy this time. And then changes her mind and hastily walks away, looking like she's going to uh, go to this freshman orientation program, this freshman honors program. Um, She's also going to be skipping the show, as well as their senior prom, which Troy naturally has asked Gabby to go to. Later that night, Troy and his dad discuss the other schools that have offered Troy an opportunity, and Troy voices his opinion that he must do what is best for him and not what is best for everyone else. Later that night, we learn that Darbus is the one that applied for Juilliard, uh, posing as Troy, at least. The next day, uh, getting his tux, he's all excited, he's showing it to his mom, Gabby calls to tell Troy that she will not be returning for the prom or graduation and that she loves him, but she's very, very sorry. Troy drives his broken-down truck to Stanford to share prom night with Gabby. Troy phones the school to tell them that he will not make the first act, so Rocket Man, who is another basketball player, must fill in as the lead with Sharpay, much to her dismay, mind you. We also learn that Tiara was playing Sharpay for a fool and planned to take her place uh, with the drama club after Sharpay graduates. Troy and Gabby arrive just in time to perform their duet. We find out that both Ryan and Kelsey have received the Juilliard scholarships, and at graduation, it is revealed that Troy will attend UCAL Berkeley for basketball and theater, which is only 32.7 miles from Gabby, who will, in fact, attend Stanford. So what's interesting about this movie is... Having watched all of them in such a condensed period, you know, people that watch these movies that were fans from the start, from the first movie to the last movie, you know, they waited three or four years to get their conclusion. We were able to get this done in just about under a month. And it's amazing to me, not just physically, but in many ways, emotionally, how these characters grew up between the first film and the final film. With the exception of, of Sharpay, because for whatever reason, she just regresses and then progresses and regresses again. Well, yes and no, because I feel like the second film, it regressed all of them a little bit. But now that we're back on the home turf, they're back in school, yeah, I feel like there were some good character arcs, but... I don't really like that it took us three movies to get there. I feel like, you know, that was an issue that we had, like you said, with Sharpay, was that after the first one, we thought she had changed and she hadn't. So I feel like each movie should have had their own separate arc because even in this one, it's like Gabrielle is still trying to... What am I going to call her, Gabriella? I don't it's know. It's been three, three episodes. 
she still continues to self-sabotage their relationship, and she really has no reason to. It's very clear in this movie specifically that in spite of the fact that she is the one to say I love you, and he doesn't say it back, mind Yeah, you. I noticed that. Um, and they've never said it to each other in any of the other films. So it's no, ir- she does it over the phone. But it's ironic. It's ironic that she's the only one between the two of them to say it over the course of the three movies. When it's sort of clear to me, she does not love him as much as he loves her. Bingo. Right. Bingo. He's willing to make all of these sacrifices for her. She is initially ready to make the sacrifice and stay in Albuquerque until she's not. I I just didn't like how it seemed like she flicked a switch and all of a sudden changed her mind. Well, I do like that about this movie because that is a real life situation yes. that many people are faced with is when you have a high school sweetheart and you have feelings for them that are real and do go beyond just a high school relationship and you know, I think a lot of times people do want to stay together, but there's so much pressure from everyone else saying, you know, you can't base your whole life on your relationship and things are going to change and people are going to change. And ultimately, it's all that pressure that kind of makes the relationships crumble when, you know, a lot of times people are trying to are willing to try and make it work and I like that I think this movie actually did a very good job of kind of examining that from every angle from the guy's perspective from the girl's perspective what they both have at stake they both have big opportunities in front of them but you know they do realize that this is a solid relationship and it does go beyond just high school holding hands in the hallway yes um and, of course, we see that when they have their uh, reunion at Stanford when he shows up on prom night. A lengthy kiss for a Disney film. Especially one that took them almost two movies to kiss. Right. And I think part of why they got away with it in this one is because of, all, of the three of them, this was the only one that got an actual theatrical release. Yeah, so you kind of had to have that payoff. You have to have the payoff. Plus, you know, they're 18 years old. It's prom night. Kissing is the least of what most kids do on their prom night. So I I feel like if you're trying to stick with some sort of realism here, and you're trying to tell, really, of, of all of the movies, this is the most coming of age of all of them. I feel like you kind of had to give them that moment, and it needed to drag out a little bit. Sure. What I can't figure out is for as many times as the movie is real, it's totally unrealistic. Like, why is their college coach at the after party for the Wildcats at Troy's house partying with the high school kids after they win that state championship? Yeah, especially for a film, as you said, that was released in theaters. You know, now you kind of have to you've you've raised the stakes a little bit it's not just a disney channel movie this is an actual movie and this one immediately has a knock against it with me because it does set up more questions than things get answered and we should be 
tying up all these loose ends because it is the third one. That was a big thing I noticed. Um, but even even just some of the, you know, the other setups like before that, um, you know, was Ryan that desperate to get out from Sharpay's shadow that he's now the wildcat mascot at the basketball game? Did you catch that? I did, but that didn't bother me at all. I don't know. I feel like for the character, especially being Sharpay's brother, that like that's so beneath him. I don't think so, though, because remember, we're picking up for all intents and purposes, picking up where we left off after the second movie. And Ryan was the one that rallied to get the staff into that talent show. I know that the whole premise was that the staff could participate anyway, but he was the one that really was sort of the leader of that entire thing. He was the one that went and played baseball on the softball field. He he really kind of separated himself from Sharpay in many ways. So because he's got this new group of friends, because he's in the circle, right? she still isn't. In by spite, choice. By choice. That's totally in spite of herself. But he's now in this circle. I don't think that it's that... It doesn't come off as phony him being the mascot. In the if you would have told me halfway through the first movie he was the mascot, I'd say no that makes no sense. But because you saw him grow as a character, he's he's probably the one that's grown the most of any character in this universe of high school musical over the course of three films. I'll give you that one because I guess it is more plausible to have him be the mascot than join the basketball team. Right. If we're going along with he wants to be with his new group of friends and fit in with them. Yeah, because let's be real. He's not going to play basketball. No. He's not going to play football. Just like Chad doesn't dance. Sure. Yeah, exactly right. Um, That really bothered me. I don't know why, but Coach's haircut looked better on Brendan Fraser, <laughs> and it should have just stayed there. I kind of wish he was rocking the Coach Bombay after Emilio Estevez turns into a jerk when they're up against Iceland. I wanted to see it slicked back a little bit, you know, for their senior year when he's really going for the jugular. Yeah, Air Bombay's for kids who want to coach. No, but now Coach Bolton is like, yeah, whatever, have fun. It's your last 16 minutes. Yeah, but you know what? I didn't mind that entire scene because sometimes you don't really need a whole lot to motivate you. Him sitting there saying, this is your last 16 minutes, go make it count. Sometimes that's all you need. I'll give you that, but I almost wish that had come more towards the end of the movie, especially because, you know, it is the the basketball game and Troy is faced with this decision basketball or singing basketball or singing it's what he's been faced with this this entire time I feel like that would have been more of the climax and I feel like it would have been more believable from the coach accepting his decision about going to Berkeley for both true instead you're you're using it as a setup at the beginning of the film and now it's like you know, th th there's no more conflict with his father. But really, how much could you have? Because that, that issue came in the first movie. Right. Talking about conflicts for conflict's sake. Oh, boy. I talked about it before with Sharpay. 
and she regresses every movie. And it really does bother me. It bothers me more than hearing Fabulous on her ringtone because once wasn't bad enough. <laughs> but I do like how they sprinkled a lot of the older music into this one. They did it very well. But with that being said, she's got this British personal assistant. Why? Why? That's that's probably my biggest lingering question. Where did you come from and why do you need this person? I understand that Tiara's ultimate goal was to take over the drama club. But let's forget that that storyline exists. Why does Sharpay need a personal assistant at school? Much Why does less, any high school student need a personal assistant? Much less in your senior year, where of the four years you're in college, or in high school, I should say, because you've already been accepted to college, you do the least amount of anything in senior year. Especially the back half of it. Oh, yeah. It's That's a joke. when everybody goes into cruise control. But she's got this personal assistant that she posted a job for at the school, and the school let her post this job, evidently. She sniffs the paper bag that the latte is in. I don't know why she does this. I don't. Yeah, because you're not going to know if it's right just by, from that. By sniffing a paper bag? No. I mean... Yeah, the personal assistant thing really bothered me. Aside from, it, I mean, it's just ludicrous. But, like, I feel like it almost would have been more believable if we were going to take Sharpay down in this movie, so to speak. If it had been someone, you know, maybe the girl from the first movie that was the brainiac that actually liked to pop and lock instead. And they wanted to you know, say, hey, you're not the queen bee. You're not the only one who can perform. I would have I would have believed it more. Well, no, that's I was going to say if it was Gabby who took her down. But then that's that's not a good character arc for Gabby because she's been the one who's trying to bring everyone together this entire time. Well, that's the thing. I liked the last chance together storyline, mm. but I wish it would have been a bigger part of it. I, I, I wish the emphasis of the film would have been this is our last chance together. Peppered in with the other conflicts of where am I going to go to school? Should I go to this early enrollment thing? Should I not go to U of A? Should I try for the Juilliard thing? Like, here's the perfect thing. Sharpay should have been involved helping Gabby with this last chance together story because... She regressed again. I know I'm repeating myself, but I don't know if I can explain how much this annoys me when every movie does this. It's a huge flaw with any film. But when you have trilogies, when you have sequels, I talked about American Pie the last episode because that was a big coming-of-age film for us when we grew up. Here's the thing. Steven Stifler was always Steven Stifler, but he never really grew through the first two movies. Yes, a little bit in the third movie. He got his comeuppance in the fourth movie. Sharpay Evans grows and goes back and grows and goes back. If you're going to grow, and they made such a big deal about her growing in the first film, and it meant nothing. And then they did it again in the second film. Now we know it means nothing. So really what, you, what you're what you telling me is 
you mean nothing as a character. No, you're absolutely right because I had said this about Sharpay in in the other two reviews that we did is that I like that even though she's the quote unquote mean girl, these two films don't really have a villain. Even though she's orchestrating everything and she's usually the one trying to be in control and pulling all the strings, she's like her own worst enemy because her plans never work out. And I would have been fine if they left it at that. If you can always just count on Sharpay to do the Sharpay thing and not change. But because they do make her change slightly and she seemingly learns the lesson, but it, it is frustrating that by the next movie it meant nothing. Yeah. There, there needs to be character growth. Um, although I agree with what you were saying that it would have been nice to have her collaborating with Kelsey for the and everybody to be on board in the sense of let's this is our last time. Let's do one last show together. Instead, everybody's already kind of moved on. I'm too busy, blah, 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 blah. And yet supposedly singing meant so much to you. But I think it is funny how Kelsey set everything up by adding names to the audition list, because who could blame her? Otherwise, it would be the Sharpay show. I have to say, I like that we got more of Kelsey in this movie. Yeah. Because she is such an important part of the storyline in all three films because she's the one. She's your Barry Manilow. I write the songs. You know, she's writing the music for all of these performances. And she's kind of a background character in the first two movies. No, and I really like that they acknowledged, you know, instead of just the performers, that they acknowledged a creative type. And that they did shine a spotlight on, hey, kids, if you do want to perform, there are other ways of going about it without being on the stage. Right. Because that was something that, like, in my high school, once they determined what the musical was, it was all, like, the band, you auditioned to be in the band in the orchestra, and they played all the music, but, like, as was written, you know, it was you were doing an actual play. There were no liberties to be taken with the music. So I thought it was cool that they had somebody writing original music throughout the three. Yeah, and giving a student that creative outlet. Exactly. I like the fact that they let her sing for a change. Mm -hmm. She got a couple of songs here. It was just nice to see her finally get the spotlight now that we're in the third movie. And bond a little bit more with the rest of the cast. Yeah, absolutely. Again, growth. Yes, and then we're going to take another step back. When Gabby and Troy are up on the rooftop, click, 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 they start to waltz because the last waltz is the theme of their senior prom. And she tells us that her father taught her how Mm -hmm. to waltz. Where's the rest of the story? Yeah. We finally mentioned the father, which I have been waiting for for two movies. And that's literally all they say about him. We don't know if he passed when she was young, which it's a Disney movie. I guess we can assume. We don't know if he's honestly what really would have impressed me more than anything else was that if her father was in California and that's why she chose Stanford, not only because of her grades, but because she would have the opportunity to go be near him. Right. 
and that's why there's up, such a pull, and that's why she wants to start early. Or he shows up in, you know, his camouflage at graduation, and he's yep. been away in the military. Like this thought crossed my mind too. Yeah, you know, something to tug at your heartstrings a little bit. It would also give a lot of credit to why they've had to move around so much, but they've already established it's because of the mom's job, and we still don't know what she does. I don't care so much about what she does because she could be a businesswoman, she could be an investment banker, she could be a lawyer that's going firm to firm. She I could mean, be in the military. It's like, for all we know, fine. Like tell I mean knowing what she does for a living to me doesn't mean as much as knowing where her father is. Right. It well, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't pertain to the story as it stands, but it could have played into the father thing. It could have. But but if if the roles were reversed and the father was transferring around for jobs and the mother wasn't in a picture, I'd say the same thing. Dad, I don't care about what you do for a living. Where's mom? For sure. Like yeah. we just need to know. I feel like we need to know this and why we have not had it explained to us. Yet you 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 found a way to finally mention him in the third movie and that was it. I was right. waiting for the rest of the storyline to come. It never came. Right. Yeah. It never I, came. I thought this was going to be the payoff on that whole question. A lot of this movie, I felt like it was, whether intentionally or not, it was kind of being shot like a Broadway show where you had sets that were like rolling in and out. They uh, specifically during the musical numbers, but I, I get it. It's high school musical, but I felt like they were trying to put a musical to screen. If that makes any sort of sense. Well, I think that comes from that they're doing a high school musical about a high school musical. That's another huge issue I have with this film. Yes, I realize these movies came from the Disney Channel. Yes, I realize that this is high school musical, but like. There were a ton of other things that they could have done to make the musical a metaphor for what they were going through. And instead, it actually got really confusing because I, until we watched it the second time, I wasn't always sure whether we were on the stage or if they were in scene. Yeah, they were kind of cutting back and forth and you I found it at times hard to follow as well. Like once the set started rolling and you saw like behind the scenes or behind backstage, you it, it established where you were. But the way they kept like cutting in and out of it, it was actually a little confusing. Yeah. Like when they did A Night to Remember, we'll talk about the songs in a few minutes. I remember the first time we watched this. I didn't know whether we had fast forwarded to prom or what exactly. was happening. Exactly. Because then again, you have Troy going to pick up Gabby and there's a line about the father giving me the up and down or the father giving me the eye. I don't remember what it was, but I thought to myself, okay, we're talking about the father again until I then realized it was a part of the musical number. Right. So, yeah, that was a little it was a little jarring. And at times it was kind of hard to follow. I do like the fact that I mentioned Ryan before. I like that he's still about the greater good. Mm. And that 
he didn't fall back on his ways. Yeah, and I think that's where you do actually start to see a little bit of growth from Sharpay because they realize that as for as much as Ryan has tried to break away, they still do need each other. And maybe not in the sense of their performance, but as siblings, you know, they're talking about possibly going to Juilliard and they've never, they do finally establish that they're twins. So they realize like, what are we going to do without each other? We're going to be on the other side of the country in New York. And at least the sibling relationship grew a little bit. Yes. They need each other. Gabby needs Troy until she doesn't because she decides to... (laughs) She goes from I'm staying to I'm leaving way too quickly. And why? It's because the one person that nobody needs in their life is Taylor, the worst friend ever. As soon as Gabby started having second thoughts about staying in Albuquerque, it's because Taylor said he's just a boy. And then Taylor caught Gabby's mom listening in and quickly left the house. And no, and that's that's what I'm talking about, where this relationship is very realistic, because maybe it wasn't just a boy to her, you know, and obviously we see, yes, there is a payoff in that regard. But Taylor, who treats her own. I don't we'll call him a boy toy. Because she's like with Chad, but really doesn't care that she's with Chad and she treats him like dirt. And like makes him do this big elaborate thing to ask her to prom. I mean, well, 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 I I get it. Let's not gloss over the fact that he just assumed he was going with her. I mean, yes, if it's her boyfriend, then yes, you do assume you're going with her. But like, I don't think their relationship is clearly defined. It's not. That's the and that's the other thing that gets confusing is I had assumed that they were dating. Right, because at at the end of every movie, we've gotten like a happy ending and everybody's together. But you mean they're all in this together? Yes. But I think that's it is that Taylor is still putting academia before everything else and I don't think she's ever really given him the boyfriend title. Right. But they don't ever really define that. So when they're going on dates at the end of movies and he's taking her here and it's just implied, I guess to me it was implied that they were a thing. Well, you would think that they're a thing because, you know, it's a Disney movie and Chad's not going through every girl in school. But This isn't Glee. But he does discuss that when Gabby does eventually break away and go to Stanford. And he has that entire conversation with Troy about how they're going to go to U of A together and... There's going to be girls and there are going to be other girls and this and that. That's where for all of the problems I have with some of the screenwriting, some of the story here, this is where it circles back around to being very well done. Because these are real conversations you are having with your friends. Right. And I guess this... Chad and Taylor thing where it's just the for now relationship where there's not real stakes invested in it it does juxtapose nicely against Gabriella and Troy who really do have feelings for each other and want to base their life around each other I just don't understand why Taylor 
is always the one that puts ideas in Gabby's head and Gabby just follow through on it. Like it's it's in every movie. Right. And that's what I'm saying, because for such a smart girl, Gabby is like such a self-saboteur and she always listens. And, you know, I do like that circling back to the conversation they were having in the room where she was in her room where she was like, maybe I do want to stay in Albuquerque. Maybe it's not just about a boy. It's the fact that for the first time in her life, she thought she had stability. She was in a school for more than a year. She was supposed to be, but then her mom yanked her out again. That's another huge continuity error is that aside from the fact that what college starts you early, as in during the last half of your senior year. Yeah, it makes no sense. All of a sudden, her mom's moving with her. I thought her mom was supposed to stay for a while. Her mom was only supposed to stay through senior year. So I guess now that Gabby's going, she's going too. Correct. Because Gabby's going early. All right, fine, whatever. But yeah, you know, Taylor says it's just about a boy. And for the first time, it's it's not just the boy. It's about everything that comes with it. And I think, you know, I, I like that they they made sure to get that in there, that it was about stability and maybe Gabby wanted to just try staying in one place for for a while. Yeah. I couldn't figure out why Troy and Chad had their basketball numbers retired while they were still going to school. They're hung up in the gym along with Coach Bolton's. Again, that first, they should not have opened on the basketball game. I would have believed this more if it was, and that's the thing, it makes it seem like homecoming, but that was like their last game. This is high school musical senior year. We should have come full circle. You could have started on the basketball game as homecoming and still got that homecoming party. Like if that's what they were worried about getting that like last high school party in there, you still could have achieved that and had another basketball game. That's what I thought this was going to be based on the title. I thought we're going through the entire school year and we're going to see, I got accept- accepted to Stanford. Oh, cause I'm going to U of a build drama there. Right. And it takes off from there. However, that has been done before. It has been. But I mean if I mean you you're you're making high school musical senior year. How original is it going to be? No, and I would have much rather seen Chad run out of a basketball game because he couldn't handle all of the pressure than run off the stage and nobody seemed to notice. Yeah, during the musical. Yeah. Well, you know, the, there's just so much about the movie that I almost want to forgive a lot of it because of how bad the second one was. But at the same time, it I'd say that the story is sort of frustrating because for as much as they got right, they got a lot of things wrong. And I think for me, knowing that this was the only one that got a theatrical release, it had an $11 million budget, I expected it was going to be a little bit more. I wanted it to be a little bit more coming of age. I mean, they tackled certain things here. And because it's a Disney movie, they're not going to tackle all of the trials and tribulations that come with being a student in high school. Right. But I agree with you. I wish I would have seen... Because you said it before, there's no villain. There doesn't need to be. 
adolescence is the villain. Yes. And I wish they would have played up on this a little bit more. Because you're in the movies, because you're not on the Disney Channel, because a lot of the fan base that has grown up with this movie has grown up to the point where you could give them a little bit of a heavier film. Right, because they did do a good job of hitting on every single angle of the pressure and where you're feeling it from. Even, you know, even something like with what Darvis did. I mean, I think that that was a little bit too much of an overstep and they do acknowledge it because she said, I apologize if if I shouldn't have done this. Um, but, you know... She makes a great point, too. She tells Troy it's better to kind of weigh this out now than decide after it's too late and have to have to start over. Yeah. Where was this Darbus for the first two movies? I would have been fine seeing her like this the entire time. I'm glad they gave them that moment. Yes. But you're right. I feel like because they did such a good job of showing every single angle of this from the college applications to what's going to happen to your friendships, what's going to happen to your relationships, trying to please your parents, trying to just make it out of school. Um, They brought you right to the brink, but they didn't really explore it, explore those issues deep enough. I agree with that. All the pieces were there, but it, it they could have done a lot more with them. Uh, do you want to talk about the music here? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we open up on Now or Never, which is the song inside the basketball game. Again, it's a total boy band song. And I'll be honest with you, it's it's too deliberate for a meaningful double meaning. You mean as deliberate as the Wildcat paw print shaved into the player's head? Yeah, pretty much. But I thought that though. was a tattoo at first, and wine actually came back out of my mouth. It did. I was there. True story. But, again, where I get frustrated, a lot of the songs in this trilogy have been very good. And most of them have had a double meaning or a subplot to its own song. The subtext, yeah. But this one is a song about basketball. Because they talk about dribbling and taking shots. It's too deliberate to mean anything more than that basketball game. Well, taking shots, but at the same time, it's the first song and... We haven't really set up the story yet. It's just kind of the opening number. So I think it was supposed to be kind of fun and lighthearted because that's exactly what the coach told them to do. Yeah. He was just like, have fun with it. So maybe maybe this was finally a basketball number that didn't have to be a metaphor. There didn't have to be a deeper meaning. It's just a song and dance. Did you wonder where Gabby came from? No, I was wondering why Troy's hair was matted to his head so much. He was so sweaty and it was so gross. It was distracting. And then in the locker room, it's bone dry. So clearly in three films, we've still learned nothing about continuity. 
Um, yeah, I don't know where she was hiding. I didn't really see her in the crowd. And I know that there, you know, she comes from underneath the signs, but I feel like they could have zeroed in on her in the beginning to establish that she is at the game watching her boyfriend. You can assume it, but it's the first time you've seen her. And I remember thinking, where the hell did she come from? Like she just popped, like literally popped up out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Right here, right now. That's a nice song for Gabby and Troy. They harmonize well. And I like it for them. They, they've always had good duets together. They do tend to have the best songs in the movies. Well, yeah. They're the leads. Of course they're going to get the best songs. But they're not just the... But how many musicals do you see where it could have one lead, not necessarily both leads? Let's talk about Grease. You love it so much. Oh, God. Hopelessly Devoted is probably the best song in that movie. Right. But more, more people than not probably think of Grease Lightning. More than Summer Loving. I mean, I, I guess. But more that, than You're the One That I Want. I think that that's probably because of the way that the film was marketed. In this case, though, I mean, there have been musicals that I've seen. There have been movie musicals where there are songs that just steal the show that aren't necessarily sung by the lead because either the the performer was so good or the song was just that great. But here, who else is going to sing it? You can't really have Sharpay have a better number than Gabriella and and Troy. And although she's not the villain, you can't you can't have her steal the show because that's the whole character. She's trying to steal the show all the time. You can't let her win. Very true. But I think it's a good song for that moment. I think it's a good song for their senior year. It means more than just being in the treehouse with a retractable roof. Oh, God. I mean, I think it, it is kind of on the nose, but it works. It's good, except for the, for the roof. Except for the roof, except for Rocket Man, who says to Troy, we should get to know each other at this party. That was like, creepy. Not only is it creepy, but it's it's confusing because you're teammates. You play on the same team. Yeah, like you even if you're other. a freshman, you should kind of know each other by now. Yeah. I Want It All is the next sh- uh, song on the soundtrack, which is led into by... Darbus saying, I feel a show coming on. <laughs> I I think this is probably my favorite Sharpay song. I like I this agree. much better than Fabulous. I think it's much more on the nose. Um, I like the dancing. It's very, very poppy. Very much 90s pop. But I think everything worked. I think everything worked. I think that... Ryan starts to question a lot. I think he starts to see through Sharpay. So I like how this song serves as a vehicle, not just for her and her telling us what she wants, but also for him growing as a character. Because as I said before, of all of them, he's the one that's grown the most. I like that Troy is her super fan. I think it's funny that Gabby is her maid answering her phone. Very tongue-in-cheek. Well, I think that's also... 
why it's so great because it really does establish who cares more about their future. And essentially, Sharpay establishes that she wants the fame because she wants money and attention. Ryan wants the creative and he's actually going to work for it. And even though, yeah, they start to divide on that issue, it's a good separation because they realize like now they can just be brother and sister. And like I said before, you do start to see it come full circle because they realize that even though they don't agree, they still need each other. Well, get him going on creating a better looking set because this thing looked like something that came out of Party City. With those like streamer curtains and they're doing this cha-cha-cha dance with Zeke and he's a bartender at a tiki bar. I mean, I think it was supposed to. It was another one of those revolving sets. But yes, again, that's as disjointed as the Haunamuka, whatever the Hawaiian number was in the second one. If that's the closest you're going to come to making a connection to why that exists and why this little cutscene exists, then you missed. You oh, lost. Yeah. Yeah. Just admit the defeat. A Night to Remember. I really like this song because I think it's very funny to see the disconnect between the guys and the girls when it comes to how they want to address being at the prom, going to the prom, being asked to the prom. And on and on a very simplistic level, I think it is relatable. I think it's definitely relatable, but I feel like it came out of nowhere because up until Taylor turns... Tr- Chad down because he didn't ask the way that she wanted him to we don't really see I mean you know they're not going to do the traditional what's going to happen on prom night because that's it's too deep for a Disney movie it's too grown up for a Disney movie but because they threw this in here I feel like they didn't hit enough of hit on it enough in the story and it's only coming out in this song and then they don't really do anything with it other than the Taylor and Chad thing but that comes so much later it just I don't know there's a big disconnect for me well I said to you before this is a this is an opportunity where they had so many good storylines going that they just cut short that would have added so much heart and so much depth to this movie this is a perfect example of something that could have meant more to the story. And this is another instance where I didn't know if we were in scene or we were on stage. And I think this actually, it would have been more effective if it was a scene where they're actually, you know, instead of all being on the stage together and dancing, cut back and forth between the guys and the girls. Yeah. Just Want to Be With You is the next song on the soundtrack. It's a nice little tune. It's nice to see Kelsey sing. I mentioned it before that they gave her a little bit more of a prominent role. To me, this sounds like Love and Luck by Jimmy Buffett. So to the point where I was actually (laughs) able to sing Love and Luck along with this song. It works. Now, don't get me wrong. Do I think for one second they said, do you know what would put this song over (laughs) the top? Let's get this Jimmy Buffett B-side and let's rip it off. No. I don't think for one second that's what they did. But to me, it was a little distracting. It was almost as distracting as why Troy's wet paint hands left no stains when he grabbed other things on set. 
No, it did. What movie were you watching? I thought, I mean, not other things on the set, but I thought at the end he got it on something, like on Gabrielle or so. I thought it was somewhere. He may have gotten it on her, but he grabbed wet paint and then immediately started touching the set and it left nothing. I thought, I don't know. I thought it was either on Gabrielle or one of the trees. I think it did get somewhere. Well, we watched this movie a few times this week. I didn't see it. The boys are back. Oh, God. Is an ironic number because it sounds like a Britney Spears song? That's your big issue with it? Well, I think that angry car, the quote-unquote angry car in the junkyard, is awful. I think that this song is totally cheesy. I don't... I, I, I like the message it's trying to send because Troy and Chad used to hang out at the junkyard uh, that's, and play that's games the problem. and play make-believe. I don't think that's the problem at all. Kids, when you're a kid, you grab a stick, it becomes a sword. But what the hell are you doing hanging out in a junkyard? Well, that's if, if there's any issue, it's that that was not explained. But why not hang out in a junkyard? You can you can turn anything into a castle, into a fort, into a war zone. But why did the parents let them go there? That that's what I'm saying. That's the unrealistic part for me. To me, it sounds more like a Backstreet Boys song than Britney Spears, especially you know the boys are back, Backstreet's back, um, and I was okay with that. I was okay with them staying in the vein of a boy band number and actually I think the dancing in this one is excellent like they're both yeah. on point that tire thing when they like kind of sit on top of it when it's real it's actually re- a really cool number but Chad doesn't dance but Chad doesn't dance number one number two oh where have I seen boys working on cars before exactly <laughs> exactly I mean we know that you know, we talked about it when we reviewed the first High School Musical. That was actually the script for Grease 3, and they were going to do it. If you haven't listened to the episode yet, they were going to do it with, like, an all-90s cast of NSYNC and Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. So, okay, fine, but, like, why are we still ripping off of Grease by the third movie? And I, I get it. Maybe... It's a guy thing. You got your first car. You want to work on it. But like that is way too contrived. And yeah, the junkyard thing, how there's this throwaway line of, OK, boys, good to see a lock up like they've got this personal relationship with the with the proprietor where he's an old family friend. And like this is just a routine thing where I let them play and then they lock up at the end of the day. Like, why are you playing in a junkyard? Walk away is Gabby's. Self-sabotage song. It's her self-sabotage song. I guess it's her solo in this. But you are not the victim. You are choosing to leave Troy. And damn it, put the put the wind machine away. <laughs> put the wind machine away. I don't want to see it again. To I me, wish I would have liked this song more than I did. And, I like the, the is, other breakup song in the second one. That was yes. like the only good thing to come out of that movie. Yeah. And it was way more mature than this one. Because you are choosing to walk away because Taylor put an idea in your head mm-hmm. again. This song has no moxie. 
No, and you know what? It almost makes her seem a little bit immature, especially because the whole way that this was set up, that Troy found out that she had accepted the Stanford offer without telling him, they didn't do the typical like Dawson's Creek garbage where it's like, I'm going to blow up without knowing the whole story. He went, he had a picnic with her, and they calmly talk about their future instead of, well, you're going to Stanford? Fine, go. It would have, you know, for it would have made the movie seem even more childish. And at least that's where, you know, they do have a good balance of making this relatable. Yeah. And I like the fact that Troy is steadfast in putting other people before himself. For the most part. And that's why when he wants to make decisions for himself, like go to Berkeley or go back to being a waiter or do the drama club thing instead of going to basketball practice, that's where he becomes the hero of these movies because he's otherwise so selfless that when he wants to do something for himself, you're like, you just let him go sing. Leave him alone. Yeah, no, and he's he's very conflicted over it. I wish if every character in this movie was as fleshed out as him, they'd be ten times better. Yeah. Scream is his song right after Gabby walks away. And look, we've all been there. We've all had that moment in that song. I do like the fact that it is clearly the same set as Gabby's first solo from High School Musical 1. So mm-hmm. I like that little throwback. And Efron absolutely kills this number. He kills it. He really does. And, you know, this is a different kind of scream, like when he goes back to the kitchen in a country club. It's, yes. You know, that's a frustrated scream. This is more like, I can't take this anymore. I've got the weight of the world on my shoulders. And that's what I'm saying. This this movie did a really good job of, like, you know, like I, I where this movie really does succeed is that it made me feel uncomfortable in moments like this because I remember that kind of stress. And we talked about the first film and I had said I, I think that what the first film did the right way was it made, although it was a lot of bubble gum and cheese, it made it relatable on the most basic level. It made it relatable so adults could watch that and could remember what it was like to be in high school. And you're right, where this film succeeded was pulling you back in. Exactly. To those moments. Um, we've, we totally glossed over. Before we get into the final song here, um, we really glossed over a lot of what Rocket Man does in this movie. We talked before about how it's sort of weird he wants to just he wants to get to know Troy now. He wants to get Troy's locker. Troy gave him the winning shot in the first yeah. in the game. So like I liked where that was being set up. He's kind of he, passing the torch. He was, except it kind of doesn't really go anywhere because Rocket Man seems to accidentally be in Troy's shadow following in his footsteps most of the time. Right. Like becoming the understudy in the show. When he puts on his babe magnet cologne. Oh, God. 
We saw it in Anchorman. It was funnier there. We didn't need it here. Just like we didn't need him screaming, yo, 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 it's lunchtime. Just like we don't need Axe body spray. Gross, boys. Mm-hmm. He is like a Bill and Ted leftover with Steven Tyler style. <laughs> and if you don't think Yowza. so, you should go watch him perform in the show. He looks like something. He looks like Steven Tyler. No, he does. You're right. He's got the big overcoat with the scarf and the hat. If there's one thing in this movie that has let me down more than anything else, this is the third film. We've gotten all the way to graduation. We've won championships. We've cried. We've driven to California. (laughs) We've eaten pizza. High School Musical is the song that ends it all. It sounds like a South Park parody tune. (laughs) How did we end these three movies on this number? Because so many of the songs in this trilogy have been really good. Fabulous was awful. I don't think this one is much better. I think that it's over the top. I think it's completely deliberate. High school musical. The greatest role we'll ever know. It's, I mean, it's, it's dreadfully bad. I mean, it's really, really bad. Here's what I I do like though i like the setup i like how we're all in this together is creeping in underneath it but i wish it had stopped there i wish it had ended on that because it would have brought everything full circle plus this was high school musical the musical i didn't need to see them graduate I would have been fine because at the end, then that's the other thing. They pull back onto the stage and it's again that confusion between are we in scene or is this part of the musical? I would have been fine if they had just left it at that. They all established, they announced the college that they were going to go to. And that was also very realistic because even though Darvis comes on stage, like I remember at the end of senior year for any club or like, anything that I was involved with, they would highlight the graduating seniors. And, you know, usually they'd give them a round of applause or whatever. So, like, pulling the six of them out of the musical number to, you know, shine the spotlight on them a little bit, totally believable. And I would have been fine if it ended there. Especially because, like, honestly, when when Troy makes his decision and he says that he did it to be close to Gabby, like, there's a little bit of a lump in my throat. The, The... teeny bopper in me is not completely dead it's cute and it could have ended there and it would have been just fine and then if you wanted to do the kooky dance on the football field roll credits put it behind them fine see i slightly disagree with you i do like the fact that we got to actually see them graduate i do like the fact that the main cast got a curtain call and that they got to say goodbye without actually speaking a word Mind you. Well, Troy does. No, no, no. I'm talking when the six leads walk up and the curtain has come down and the high school musical electronic board is. Oh, when they them. do the jump. Yes. And okay. they get to they they get to kind of like nod goodbye to the camera. Oh. I'm talking about the very end of the movie. Oh yeah, no. I like that. I don't mm. 
I appreciate that because I can appreciate that these were child actors for the most part. And this is what put them on the map. They they got to say their goodbye. And I, I think this meant a lot to them. And I really respect Disney for giving them that opportunity to say that goodbye. I would agree it, it meant a lot to them, but I... It meant a lot to me to see it, and I've only been watching these movies for a month. Yeah, because I, I guess it was such a closure thing where it's like a lot of kids have now grown up on these movies and like you know you have to kind of move on with them. But I would have been fine with it if that's how it ended and it wasn't the curtain call. If it was just the musical number, didn't need to see the graduation, and then you just cut to the six close-ups, fine. Done. We will agree to disagree on that one. Yes. What is your final synopsis of High School Musical 3, senior year? Um, I kind of wish that all three had taken place in school. I mean, I get it. To set up the senior year, you did need to give them summer break because they weren't seniors yet, you know? Um, so I like that we're obviously back where we started um I think it did give the series and the characters good closure but I don't really love the music in this one as much as I do in the first one I think it's better and what really pulls this down is that it leaves me with more questions than it did answers you know you you tied up the group story very nicely but there were just some individual things that they could have done with the characters that would have actually made this feel like more of a teen movie and more coming of age. And they didn't really, really go for it. What are, what are your thoughts on the third one? And then I guess we'll, we'll do the series as a whole. Um, I think that this movie, I said it before, at the risk of being repetitive, for as many things they did right, they did just as many things yeah. wrong. Yeah. And that's all in story and screenwriting. As far as the music goes, yes, I would agree. Not as good as the first movie, though I still think the music was good here. I love the fact that Troy, first that he drove out to California for her. I love the fact that he was able to make everything work. Yeah. And that he was able to mix theater with basketball and Gabby. Because, as I said before, he's a very selfless character. And he seems to know how to motivate motivate people. And he, he seems to have a good grasp on how to problem solve. I like the fact that that carried through here. I think that Gabby is a strong character until Taylor gets involved. Because of that, I don't love Taylor, and I wish Gabby would have stood up to her in this movie. Mm. That, I think, would have been a, a better character arc than what we got. Sharpay is just Sharpay, so she she's a meaningless character because she literally does nothing because she doesn't ever change. Ever. Oh, wait. Yes, she does, but then she doesn't. Right. So it's incredibly frustrating. I think of all of the characters in this film, 
that I've grown to like the most, it's Ryan. And I didn't think I was going to say that after watching the first film. Not in the very least. So, in all, was this great? No. Was it good? Yes, it was good. I'd say it was good, not great. I I would say in order probably one three two. Yeah, the it, one three. Or so it, it's it's one three Black Cauldron two. Like <laughs> the second High School Musical film is unforgivably bad for so many reasons, and to be honest with you, it brings the other two movies down. Right. I and and I think movies like High School Musical two are why a lot of people do not take films like the first one or even the third one that seriously. Because I think that there's a stigma around DCOMs, and I think that movies like High School Musical 2 are the reason why those stigmas exist. Right, because even after we saw the first one, you know... I was taken aback. Yeah, and and I remembered it as being really cheesy and horrible. And I was kind of like, well, you know, there's actually a solid message and this is a great movie for kids. And it's, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of warts and there's a lot of structural problems with the story. But those aside, it, it's actually a decent movie. But I will say thank you to Thomas Meehan for requesting this. I actually had a lot of fun watching these movies. And discussing these movies. I did too. They're they're a fun trip down memory lane. Um, you know, and I, I think it's... I'm happy we got to review them now because obviously, you know, the question that we always ask is, does it hold up? I think obviously, yes, the franchise does hold up because... Uh, it, you know they're they're doing it for Disney Plus, so it's definitely something that resonates with people enough where it has staying power. Um, but I think of the three of them, if we're looking at the trilogy as a whole, I think really the first one is the only one that does hold up because then we transitioned with the second one. We went from laughing with to laughing at in that movie because it was just so horrible, and you know you're using the club's amenities and you're stroking your brother's gills and whatever the heck else is going on. I'm glad that we were able to recover from that in the third one. But with that being said, the third one doesn't completely redeem the entire series. I don't think anything could have redeemed the second movie. Right. So to me, High School Musical 2 is my Toy Story 4. I'm going to pretend it does not exist. And I'm going to live in the universe where it's the first movie and the third movie, and that's it. Yeah, I would have been fine if it was just a sequel, and then they all graduated and moved on. But we are interested to hear your take on it. You can email us at monorealradio at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on our social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at monorealradio. News this week, if you are Disney Movie Rewards members like we are, big changes are a-coming. But i am be honest, I'm not really surprised by any of this. No, and I'm happy they addressed it when they did because I was wondering what was going to happen with the introduction of Disney Plus because everything, pretty much 
the entire catalog is moving over to a streaming service. So I was kind of wondering what was going to happen with physical DVDs and if that was still going to be something that was accessible. Right. We, I mean, we've got a name change. I mean, you, you have it open in front of you. Why don't you explain a little bit about what's going to happen here? Yeah. So I got an email from Disney Movie Rewards. As of September 26th, they are going to change to Disney Movie Insiders. Um, so if you're already registered, all of your points, your rewards points are going to roll over as long as you've been logged in within the past five years. So if you haven't logged in in a while, definitely do that. That way it keeps your account active when everything changes. Uh, but Disney is going to have new ways for us to earn points and unlock perks and redeem rewards. Um, I think we're getting a mobile app too, right? Like it's not just not just going on to the online portal. There's a new app and I believe that aside from using the points towards things like DVDs and they have like posters a lot of the times you can use it towards the studio tour and in the parks now as well. See that's where it's interesting because you could always use it to get a studio tour but it was one of those things where it was just not obtainable. Like they gave it some obscene amount of points that no one could ever really hit. Because yeah, basically the is- you would have had to have have points from like every Disney DVD of every movie ever. The other thing was they would delete your points. I remember at one point I logged on. I hadn't been on in a year. They literally deleted all of my points. Yeah, you you did have yours wiped out. I lost like 1,800 points. Well, I think that's the idea is they're trying to incentivize people to keep the account active and that way you can keep accumulating points instead of just letting them sit there. They want to know that you're using it. It's not like it's building interest. But I think the thing is, that was their way of incentivizing you into, oh, no, 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 you need to go out and buy more movies. Don't just buy the ones you want, buy them all. Because I did lose a lot of points that way. But we're interested to know uh, if you guys are part of the Disney Movie Rewards Club, how that's going to affect you. I'm sure that you're going to get points based on being a subscriber to Disney+. Plus. I'm sure they're going to give you some sort of incentive to become a member i wonder if they would do like a disney gift card that you could redeem to help pay for like a month of disney plus either that or i just like that they're kind of tying everything together now and that the movies are kind of feeding back into the parks yeah well let us know if you guys are excited for it if you're going to continue as a disney insider and have you redeemed your points and if so for what you can let us know on instagram twitter and facebook at Monoreal Radio. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. Again, a big thank you to Thomas Meehan for recommending us to High School Musical. It's been a very interesting month. As Jackie had mentioned before, you may be able to redeem your movie points to experience something in the park. We don't know what. It could be a behind-the-scenes tour. It could be a churro. I don't really know. (laughs) But... There's only one way to experience it, and it's to get to a Disney park yourself, and Jackie can help you do that. Yes, if you're not using your movie rewards points, I can help you out with other ways to save. So get in touch with me on our social media at Monoreal Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or you can shoot me an email at j.zolezzi, that's Z-O-L-E-Z-Z-I, at MagicalVacationPlanner.com, and I will give you a free quote. For Jackie, I'm Sean. Have a magical week, everyone. On behalf of Monoreal Radio, we'd like to thank you for joining us. We'll see you at the movies, the stuff dreams are made of.